0: describe the woman that I am going to be talking to today in this episode in one word it is pure magic I absolutely loved connecting with Pilar and she is such an embodied woman who is really really giving all the projectors out there in the world major permission to completely be embodied in how they want to show up in the world and how they want to run their businesses. I found Pilar through a Google search. I was really, really confused in many ways as to how I wanted to approach and run my business because everything I was learning about was through the mouths of generators which really teach models that worked for them and they talk about problem solving like solve a problem for your client and I just always have had a hard time telling people what is it that I do I can't tell you what it is that I do so easy let me show you what it is that I can do And that's such a projectory thing. Projectors have a very hard time explaining to people what is it they do, but you, you get them in front of a person and they have the invitation. They will show you what they can do. And so I found Pilar through a Google search where I was looking up like three strategies projectors should avoid, blah, 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 or something along those lines. And I found her website. I devoured every single post. I looked her up on Instagram, you know, listened to a bunch of other podcasts that she was on and I was like, oh my God, I love this woman so much. I love her energy. I love everything that she is teaching and what she is giving an example to the world of how to run a business. So I knew I had to talk to her and it was just, it was just all seamless. It just all came together. Pilar is a projector. She's also a clinic projector like me. This conversation with Pilar is long, but it will change you. You will leave this conversation expanded, lit up, and more embodied in who you are. So grab a cup of tea, grab a notebook, grab a pencil, pen, and listen with an open mind and open heart. And I promise you, she's going to weave magic and open your world up. She. I'm just going to let her speak for herself because she is just amazing. You'll hear me say multiple times through this episode that this conversation is medicine. It really was medicine for me. And I'm so honored to bring this conversation to you with Pilar. So here is Pilar Lesko. So I thought I wanted to start with like these questions. Um, How would you
1: describe yourself? Ooh, in like adjectives or in like a whole description just words what words would you use um right now because I feel myself to be changing quite rapidly um eccentric is a big one um wild is a big one um I think some I think that so those are big ones like eccentric wild and purity have been coming in really big. Um, my more, like the more stable aspects of me that haven't, I don't really see like ever going away are things like grounded, Mm. (laughs) um, really earthy, um, mildly insane, like, Mm. (laughs) or not even mildly, just insanity is a big word that's followed me my whole life. Um, kind of at the crossroads of, you know, actually I'll just say multidimensional. I'm Mm. really in touch with my multidimensionality. Um, so I feel, um, really, I feel really okay with expressing all the different facets of femininity and of masculinity and of whatever wants to come through me. Um, so I don't, I don't feel as much like locked into this is how I am consistently other than the ones I sort of said.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get very, I get very open <laughs> from you, like energetically, very open.
1: That is another one that probably will never change. <laughs>
0: yeah, and like, um, I can mm-hmm. see you, but people who can't see you, but like your aura is beautiful. <laughs>
1: Oh, thank you. I had a really, really nice morning before this. So I I feel really open and clear right now. Oh,
0: good. I'm excited to see what comes through you then. (laughs) Um,
1: Okay. uh,
0: This next question I have is what's your sun, moon and rising?
1: Yeah. um, So I'm a Virgo sun in the 12th house and a Taurus moon in the eighth house and a Virgo rising.
0: Oh, wow. Double Virgo.
1: I actually have um, four planets in Virgo. Oh, wow. All in the 12th house. So I have a stellium. They're right next to each other. It's like 22, 23, 24, 25 mm-hmm. um, in the house of Pisces, which is Virgo's opposing sign. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like where the groundedness and insanity meet. <laughs> mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. That's, that's uh, interesting. So you have a stellium because I have a stellium in the first house in Capricorn. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I have actually, I think six or seven planets in the first house.
1: Wow. So we're like right near each other, but worlds apart. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The first house is a really confusing place to me. Um, I think because I'm so used to traversing the 12th house Mm -hmm. when I, when I feel that first house energy, I'm like, wow, this is so activating. And Mm -hmm uh, I mean, right now we're in Aries season. I feel mm-hmm. it. It's like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. clear driven, like mm-hmm. forward fire movement. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. What well, would you say the difference between the first house and the 12 houses for those of us astrology geeks out there?
1: Uh, it, it's the, it's the two doorways. It's death and birth. It's, mm. it's the two, like, and it's the end and the beginning of the cycle. So, it's interesting because you know Pisces and Aries and the 12th and 1st are right next to each other but they're worlds apart consciousness wise because it's like everything is is coming to an end we're in the void um we're in the collective unconscious and then Aerie births out and it's I me new to the planet new to the human experience so it's like it's cool because the elder and the newborn are so far apart, yet they're so close. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. When I think of the twelfth house, I think of mystery and the unknown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have any plants in the twelfth house.
1: <laughs> it's it's something that um, definitely was has been a lifelong journey to really accept and integrate and understand the higher octaves of mm-hmm. because I the majority of my life was not spent in the higher octaves of the expression of the twelfth. It was completely in the confusion and the karma and just everything, everything that comes with that house, it's like a heavy load. Mm-hmm. But as you work through it, you you keep opening and opening to divinity. And it becomes like the karma becomes the thing that clears the connection to source.
0: I I read that the twelfth house, if you have your son in the twelfth house, that basically means you have lessons from your past life that you have integrated and born into that you need to kind of cyclically go through and kind of integrate and release and heal. Is that true?
1: Yes, that's that's definitely one aspect of it. Um it's the the way I have experienced it is because I have I have four planets there. So it felt like I was born with this backpack full of rocks mm-hmm. and I didn't know where they came from, but I had them and it took quite a bit of like linear time and just a, a big part of my life was unloading those rocks. Um, Cause yeah, it feels quite heavy and that is a lower octave of the 12th house is you feel the weight of something. And it's very confusing as to where that rock even came from. Was it this life? Was it the life before? Like, is it your parents? Yeah.
0: That's so interesting. Interesting. Um, So the next question I have for you, I just kind of want to set the stage a bit, is we're projectors. You're a projector. I'm a projector. I think you're also a splenic projector as well, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So what does being a projector mean to you? (laughs) That's such a good question.
1: Um, hmm. The word I always feel is magic. Um, And that's not to say that the other types aren't magical, but projectors have such a unique um, and sort of, at least I would say up until the last, I don't know how many years, our brand of magic was really stuffed away and repressed and sort of just like locked into the, it was just societally like completely repressed the way we work, our gifts um, and just, yeah, our, our, our state of being. And there with, with like the Renaissance and rebirth of the feminine, I think a lot of our qualities are becoming like, a lot more exalted and exciting to people. Um, but ultimately, like, we still currently live in a world where we swim against the current with how we work. Totally agree. Um, so m- the magic is there, but I a projector has to come into their magic. It's mm-hmm. not just – I've never met a projector who whose parents were, like, completely – just allowing them to live life that way. Um, So it's almost like we have to like goldmine for it and we have to integrate it and we have to go through the sometimes really uncomfortable process of living our life in like a very wildly illogical way.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that makes no sense to anyone around us. Mm -hmm. Especially if you have MG, I have my, both my parents are MGs. Mm -hmm. And so they were just kind of like, where did this child come out of? hmm
1: yep yep yeah and, and I, then I, I think, think
0: I think if you I don't know if you agree with this but feeling misunderstood is a lot of our pain
1: oh yeah yeah misunderstood um not seen not recognized mm-hmm. um a lot of pushing and forcing a lot mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah all of the above
0: what were you what were you gonna say Oh, I don't remember. I okay. went away. <laughs>
1: Sorry.
0: Um, the thing that you said that I that stood out to me is uh, magic. Mm-hmm. Could you describe how projectors can own their magic? I know you have um, a course on projector magic. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you probably <laughs> go into depth with that. But I would kind of just for our listeners, maybe talk a little bit about how a projector can own their magic. And what it, what does that look like for a projector? Or
1: maybe even feel like. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, let me see. So I'm wanting to answer more from the beginning of my journey with knowing I was a projector versus where I am now. When did you um, find
0: out you were a projector?
1: Um, Almost exactly seven years ago. Mm-hmm. So I was like 21 and I was in a women's circle, and I was going through this experience where I was really, um, I guess at the time before I had realized that you could say I was awakening to my feminine, and I was in that process awakening to being a projector without realizing it and really struggling with recognizing how energetically I worked very different from most people and wondering where that would ever fit in societally. Mm-hmm. And then a woman in the women's circle was like, Oh, you're a projector. <laughs> like, just like, totally laissez faire about it. And then I went home, researched human design. Um, it felt like it just sort of all downloaded back into me, like mm-hmm. similar with astrology. Um Yeah, so that was it's been a, a quite a bit of time with human design. And,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and then to, to circle back to the How does a projector start to do that? Mm -hmm. So I would say one of the like first most important steps is so a lot of people, they'll read and intake a lot of information and they will conceptually understand what it means to a project, to be a projector. Mm -hmm. However, what was really important for me is once I sort of understood the energy type, I actually started playing with my reality. Mm. So I changed my work schedule. I asked to start working from home. I started taking a full self-care day. I started spending night uh, nighttime alone. I started saying no to social gatherings when I didn't want to go. I started experimenting with waiting for the invitation. And I literally just, I mean, human design is called the experiment. I, I just started experimenting. And then I would have like actual embodied feelings of, oh, that's how that feels. Mm -hmm. And that's how an invitation feels. And I'm feeling my energy come back to me and this feels really good. So a lot of people I notice will read about how a projector should be existing, compare it to their life and be like, what do I do? <laughs> like, yeah, How do
0: I fit this in?
1: Yeah. And it's not, it's not a light switch. All of mm-hmm. a sudden you're in the projected reality. It's steps and it's rearranging what you have the ability to rearrange on Un- getting those like embodied feelings of, wow, this feels so much better. Gaining the courage to then start recreating your reality even more. And it mm-hmm. just becomes a process. And eventually you find yourself so anchored in, how you work and what feels good to you that you're completely okay with your reality looking wildly different than everyone else's. And you don't feel any guilt or shame or unworthiness around it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, those little steps.
0: Do you feel like it's a big piece of, um, I think it's a initiation of self-acceptance. Oh, huge. Right. And like a homecoming, a homecoming to kind of just like, lay it out there in front of you and just be like I work differently I feel differently my energy interacts differently and learning to kind of not apologize for that anymore or to somehow undermine it or dismiss it I know I know for me that was my biggest challenge because I see myself my whole entire life I've been such a go 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 action-oriented person very my masculine yeah, that's I'm really excited to talk to you about the, integrating the feminine into the business um, and learning that was a projector was like, well, I have to be more passive. I don't want to be passive, you know, mm. but n- knowing that my energy doesn't work that way, you know, it's like was so game changing because it's like I, I read something on your Instagram what, Instagram post, which is like literally was like goosebumps down my spine, which was doing to get versus being to receive. And I feel like the projector is kind of like the embodiment of that, of that energy.
1: Agreed. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, this has actually come up in my field a couple times recently, and it's um, very driven women finding out they're a projector and then thinking it means they need to flop over like a fish, mm. and that is not the case at all because the, uh, pr- the projector energy type is not an archetype. It's not like sensitive, passive, shy, like that's not what it is. It's the mechanics of how your energetic body works. Mm. So you don't have to turn the dial down on being driven where you need to make shifts is actually the energetics of your reality. So let's say that you have a project, um, that you want to get out into the world or you actually this is a better example you have the desire to um be invited on podcasts and a driven person would probably bust out an email send it to like 50 podcasts and be like boom 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 and, <laughs> and For projectors, what needs to happen first is tuning into the energetics and the mechanics of the energetics. So it's not even that you can't reach out, but it's that what is the frequency with what you're reaching out Mm. with and what can you alter in your frequency to open up yourself to actually like magnetizing and receiving those podcast invitations, sometimes without even needing to send the email. So how how do we do that? (laughs) Um. Oh man, how do I want to answer this? Um, so like with the podcast example specifically?
0: Yeah, because it's, it's 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 really, it's a synchronicity that you say that because this week I was on a podcast. Mm-hmm. I, got, I got interviewed on a podcast and I didn't, mm-hmm. I did nothing. The email just popped up yep. and they're like, Hey, I want to talk to you about this. Will you do it? And I was like, great. And I wanted to be on a podcast for a while. So it just kind of popped into my reality. Yeah. Right. But yeah how do we actually go into that space of just, you know, something that I know I've heard you talk a lot about in a lot of your blog posts is the aura is what does the work for the projector. So keeping that aura squeaky clean. And do you think that plays a lot into like the energy, the energy with which we approach things?
1: Yes. Yes. I'm most of my teachings are, or most of what I bring through is sort of rooted in working with frequency and working with yourself as a multidimensional being. So (laughs) I'm wondering how I should answer this. I don't want to like go into the entire process. So let me see how I can paint broad strokes with this. Um, You can, and this is not just for projectors, like anyone can do this. You can start to, play with, tune into, and code your energy field. Mm. So for example, you want to be on podcasts. Rather than immediately reaching out and moving into like action, you start with the energetics. So there are, ver- there are a variety of ways you can do this. I've noticed that it tends to work differently for people based on their variables. So people who are very right-oriented really prefer to sometimes get into deep meditative states without moving their body. I have a left-oriented body, so I actually like to do moving meditations and then play with my energy field. But um, let's see, how should I describe this? So if you want to be on podcasts, you can literally like get into a state where, and I will say that to do things like this, you have to have a certain comfort level built up with your frequency and your energy field and your aura and playing with it. And it, this isn't like a mental step-by-step process. This is like a, you are in your body, you're opening yourself up to your field, and then you're literally like playing around and coding. Mm -hmm. So Let's say you wanted to be on a podcast. Well, what is the frequency with which you want to bring into those podcasts? Like, what are, what's the desire there? Is it, I want to shine light on this? Is it, I really want to talk about this? Or is it just like, I want my field to be opened up to more people? Mm. So you can start feeling into what that would feel like. And then at the same time or in the same process, you could be feeling into those podcasts that you do want to come into your field. And it doesn't have to be specific. It can be like, oh, I really want someone to come in who has a podcast that focuses on this, or like, Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about this and I want to talk about it. And you can start almost, it's like you're coding your field with that experience. And at the same time, you're recognizing if there are any distortions or blocks in your field. So it's not like You're sitting down and writing out all your limiting beliefs, but you're literally feeling the energy of like, oh yeah, this podcast would come in and I would go on it and this would happen. And while that's happening, are you feeling aspects of yourself that are like, nope, I don't want to do that. Or like, nope, that would be really uncomfortable. And you can literally start feeling where there are distortions around being on podcasts Mm because an important part of this is recognizing where in our field, we're actually resisting the thing we want. Mm -hmm. So You can bring this into your meditations. You can bring this into your morning practice. I would say that after hearing everything I've said, a really key piece to this is having a healthy or just an open relationship to your imagination. Mm. Because a lot of this is so imaginative and it doesn't mean you have to be someone who sees visions or anything, but just using your senses and your imagination to feel into the frequency of this experience. Mm -hmm. Then once you've done that, And once it's encoded in your field, when you sit down to write the email, you're going to be blasting the email with that frequency. Mm. And the email isn't going to come from a place of like, oh, I want to be on a podcast and it's looping in your mind because you think you want to get something. It's coming from a place of, if I got to be on a podcast, this is what my being would bring into it. And this Mm -hmm. is what it would allow that person to receive and this person to receive and me to receive.
0: <laughs> so it seems like it's an exercise of embodiment.
1: Oh yeah, right? all all of this is embodiment. It's not floating up and leaving your body and and like bypassing what's going on in your body. It's actually starting with the body and mm-hmm. then moving out from there.
0: Right, and like kind of downloading that frequency into the body and seeing where the blocks and distortions are. And would you say that's like our shadow self coming in, or like? the stories we have that kind of step up and say, okay, look at me. This is what's actually getting in the way and working on moving through that.
1: Yeah. It literally could be any of those. It could be, um, your ego freaking out like, Nope, that means we're going to have to be seen and we don't like that. It Mm. could be fears. It could Mm. be things in your shadow. It it could be any of that, but, Mm. um, the way I work with people at least over the last, let's say, six to nine months is that I'm really trying to help people anchor their consciousness into a dimension where we don't need to be constantly fixing and healing ourselves Mm -hmm. because most people in my field, myself included have been on that train for like the last decade. Like we don't need to do that as much anymore. We Mm -hmm. actually, I keep telling people like you are the spiritual toolbox. It's not Mm -hmm. that you need to throw away your tools, but you have far more power over your frequency and your ability to shift your frequency then you realize because we've gotten so used to doing subconscious reprogramming and long meditations and journaling and fixing and this personal development thing and that and it just becomes something that at a certain point is actually anchoring you into an old grid of consciousness that doesn't serve you in the same way it used to
0: mm-hmm.
1: um I forget what you said <laughs>
0: Um, I was so like mesmerized at what you were saying, but, um, (laughs) we were talking about the, that's like, it's not so much that you, you're the spiritual toolbox, not all these other things outside of you
1: are. Yeah. And, and with projectors, this is the cool thing. This is the coolest thing about projectors to me. So we basically aren't allowed to try and force and push. Like we're not. Projectors, I think all on some level chose to be initiated into the power of their being and the power of their frequency, because until we learn that, it's always going to feel, um, inorganic when we're going for things or trying to create things. It's, it's like, we, we all wanted to learn about that. Um, so project it. And it's interesting because when you look at what's happening in the collective, literally everyone is being forced to learn about that right now in some way.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So it's, it, I mean, you look at the human design prophecy and how more and more projectors are going to be here by 2020. And then by 2027, I think we have a really specific role to play around the power of being and around the power of frequency. And you could even just say around the power of the feminine mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and then how she works with the masculine. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, it's, it's funny because with this podcast, um, I hadn't really like put it out into the field for a while that I'd wanted to be on a podcast again. And then a couple weeks ago, I was like, and this, this is just an example of like how quickly things can happen. I was like making breakfast and I was like, Oh, a podcast would be really fun because I, I'm i getting so many downloads. Like I want to share these new things. So it was like a sped up version of this is the frequency I want to bring to the podcast. And this is why I want to give it like to the collective through someone that can be a channel to, to like, um, be the vehicle. And then you emailed me like that afternoon.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm getting goosebumps right now as you're saying this,
1: <laughs> like,
0: ah, oh, this is so good. Um, you know, it's something I want to share with you is. I I stumbled upon you like, like, I think I stumbled upon you when you put that into your frequency. I want to be on a podcast.
1: Yeah.
0: And I I, I think I like read your Instagram, read your blog. Like, I just like looked at everything you were doing and I could literally feel your energy coming through the page. Yeah. Like her energy is just so pure and so potent. And I have never come across someone who is so embodied like that.
1: And, oh, and the, one of the things
0: I was so attracted to you, because it's like, I'm I'm going through that process of being so deeply embodied in myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of lost in like transition of being such a mentally based human being, you know, and dropping more into my intuition, being into more of my feminine. Because it's just, it's like this very uncomfortable place to be, right? Um, and I want to I wanna ask you a little bit about like, for those of us who are projectors who've been so much in our masculine how do we start to embrace the more feminine essence because it's like like you said being is receiving and Mm -hmm. allowing allowing to be in receivership rather than constantly like chasing 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 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: yeah uh thank you for the thank you for that reflection that felt really good um so the first distinction i want to make is that the masculine that a lot of people have been in is not pure divine masculine. It's like a distorted version of masculinity because the the divine masculine energy is in deep, deep relationship and devotion to the feminine. Um, he, he wants to hold her, protect her, support her, help her bring her visions into form. Like he does not, tell her to keep pushing when she's tired. He actually tells her to lay down. So that's just, that's like a side piece because it's, <laughs> it's that's important. Yeah. It's super important. And the way that I've been trained and the way life has gone for me is that, and the way I see it happening for, for most feminine essence people and the masculine essence people too, is that the feminine tends to go first. So we tend she tends to want to rebirth first before the masculine can then come in and exalt in a new way. And obviously this, I'm getting like into the verbiage here, but in a, in a grounded way, how what do we does, start? What does exalt mean in this context? Okay. I heard that word. Yeah. So feminine moves, feminine energy moves down. Mm-hmm. Masculine energy moves up. So if you, like when we're doing meditations, we root down into the earth, into the feminine. The feminine is not, working with the feminine is not an ascension process. It's a descension process. Mm. She actually brings us deep, deep into our body, into the void, into the mystery, moves us into density. Like she, she pushes us down and not in a, not in a bad way, but it's not, it's solar and lunar energy are so different. Um, Masculine energy is, is an exaltation. You can literally just look at female and male genitalia, mm-hmm. female genitalia into the Yoni. You go in, into the darkness, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you the, don't, the un, masculine energy rises up. It exalts. Oh, so wow. the mat, we, we descend into and rebirth the feminine and then we exalt the masculine and then they come together and start harmonizing. Um, that's why it's like those words seem kind of just like fluffy spiritual words, but they're actually really important when you understand like the alchemy of how the two energies work. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause the feminine doesn't rise. Mm-hmm. She descends, mm-hmm. which is like a totally different energy. Right. Um, so working with the feminine, it's, I mean, feminine energy is nonlinear linear Um, multi-dimensional, chaotic, and you can never pin it down with Mm -hmm. just a couple words. You just can't. So it's very similar when we go to work with her. It's not a step-by-step process that we do. It's rather sort of this like spiraling journey that we get taken on. Mm -hmm. So let's see, where do I want to start with this? There are so many starting points and I think it really depends on your journey. So some women will start connecting like to their yoni and that Mm. will open them to the feminine. Other women will have like a really, really crazy experience with the feminine and that's what opens them up to the journey. Um, Other women will read a book. It's it, it happens differently for everyone and the doorways are there's myriad doorways. So it's not like, Oh, you have to start here. But for me, um, or not even for me, I would say that the, The big starting places I see, and this really ties in to being a projector as well, is that women on some level, oftentimes not consciously, have a desire to be initiated into their innate worthiness and their innate deservingness. And where does that come from? The internal world, the being ruled by the feminine. The feminine rules the internal. So we unconsciously co-create these situations in our life to like snap us into recognizing the worthiness of our being and recognizing the deservingness of our being and however that manifests it can happen so many different ways um it's like we how do I describe it I've watched so many women go through this initiation I've been through it like a handful of times it's literally like we're almost backed up against a wall and we like have to surrender and we have to recognize, we have to eject our consciousness from all of the places in which we are externalizing worthiness and Mm -hmm. externalizing deservingness and externalizing all of the qualities of the feminine that make it so magical. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, the way I see it is you can start with like, I don't even know. Um, like a self-pleasure practice or like a sensual movement practice or adorning yourself. You can start there or you can start at like the core of the wound, which is I don't feel innately worthy and deserving. I don't feel like I'm allowed to rest. I actually feel like when I rest or when I go into pleasure and play, I'm doing something wrong. And there's this voice in the back of my head telling me I should be working or doing mm-hmm. that's the that's the feminine pain body. Like mm-hmm. th- those are where the deep wounds are. So my approach has always been like start down there because then as you move through the layers, things like a pleasure practice and adorning yourself and dance and stuff, they become organic extensions of what your being actually desires to be doing. Mm -hmm. And there's no judgment for doing them. You recognize they're just as important and feed my frequency in as just as a powerful way as... Sitting down and creating, or yeah, writing yeah. writing the Instagram post, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> like everything yeah. that you just said is like exactly like what I'm going through right now. Like, yeah, exactly to the T. Like mm-hmm. the whole externalizing thing and chasing, and there's been this strong pull that I need to actually descend, yeah, and really go within and get really, really quiet for me to see how I how I how my feminine wants to express itself because I don't even know right now yeah right and so I've, yeah. I've actually been being called to pull into deeper states of meditation mm-hmm. really feel into that frequency like what is my home frequency feel like mm-hmm. and embodied into my feminine essence So it's like it's you spoke perfectly to that thank you
1: yeah it's I know a handful of women also in that space. And I, I would say I'm there again too. Um, but what I've been noticing is this, that's what's happening to some degree to the earth, like on the global stage, like everyone is being forced to surrender in some way, big or small right now. So for people like you, who have been wanting this, it's hitting you like full force. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. here we go. (laughs) It's welcomed. mm -hmm. I'm so sick of the shit. (laughs) Exactly. And it's the perfect, like, this is just one window into what's going on, but it's the, we all co-created this experience to remember who we are and to get in touch with our being and to Journey into the underworld in some way
0: mm-hmm.
1: at all levels of consciousness that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so for people on like a path like yours, it's it's just um, it's go time, <laughs> mm-hmm. it really is, <laughs> but it's not action go time, it's being go time,
0: <laughs> right? And to, the, and to the mind, that does not make any sense. It's like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? Like, I've been getting the strong urge to just slow down and stop doing. Yep. And ironically, my word for the year is being, mm. right? Yeah. And I was like, it's time to practice that. Like, yeah. deeply embody that. Um, you said surrender. I want to know what surrender means to you. Like, if because yeah. I know this is, there's so much buzz around this word and <laughs> I want to I know what it really means so we can kind of make it clear. I want to I know your perspective.
1: Yeah, it it is one of those words. Um, hmm. So one of the octaves of surrender that I see people feeling resistance to is this idea that it means you have to flop over like a fish, which does happen sometimes like that. That sometimes is part of the journey is flopping over like a fish and learning that, wait, that doesn't feel good. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So surrender, the way I've experienced it and the way I've come to know it, it's it's actually an active process it's not abandonment of the self. It's actually full blown intimacy with the self. And it's recognizing all of the parts of you who are really uncomfortable with letting go and Mm. are really uncomfortable with the unknown and are really uncomfortable with the void and the mystery. And it's this great chance to like remove your claws from trying to control or trying to force or trying to like grasp onto a timeline. So active surrender i mean it can be expressed in so many different ways it's not necessarily like okay i'm going to sit down for an hour this morning and i'm going to surrender <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> although you can do that as a practice but the way i've come to experience it is it's a living embodiment of it mm-hmm. so it it doesn't mean i'm just laying around it means that i can be in active surrender to my reality and still be participating and intimate with reality and i actually think the two go hand in hand and a really great, like, microcosmic way to look at this is when you're making love with someone as a woman, and it could be woman and woman, woman and man, it doesn't matter, you, to, to fully receive the pleasure and the love you are being given, you have to surrender. And that's not flopping over like a fish. For many of us, it takes, like, full body activation to get into a space where we can let go. Mm-hmm. And as we're letting go, all of us is online. All of us is present. All of us is opening to receive. Mm, So that's like mm. a really like magnified sped up version. But if you take that and then just like stretch it out over like a week, like as if you're having like a, you're like over a week, you're just surrendering to like the divine or God penetrating you. Mm
0: -hmm. But it's,
1: it's a, it's a day to day thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I would, I feel like that's the best way to put it. Although there are, there are so many ways in which you can simulate or practice surrender. Mm
0: -hmm. But I think,
1: I think where the gap is is then it's not something we like do and then go back to controlling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, Like projectors pretty much have to live in a perpetual state of surrender Mm -hmm. um, because we're, we're in such tandem with the mystery and in such tandem with the field and our energetics that it's it's like I said when we try to grasp and control and force it usually doesn't work well for us
0: Mm -hmm. you know something that came up was that it's a deep rest right it's a deep rest into your being
1: yeah yeah and and trusting that and letting Mm -hmm. that letting that be enough
0: Mm -hmm. Um, yeah yeah. because that because that's such a mysterious unknown place to be but there's that's the magic that's where the magic is
1: yes yes
0: Um, I love how you put that um uh one thing that I want to ask you on projectors is, is the aura could you talk a little bit more about the projector aura
1: yeah so when you look at it through the lens of human design the aura is um it's like a cone like it it's coming off around us and then it's deeply penetrating and like moving like almost like a triangle, like we're the base and then it moves into the point and the point is the person in front of us, which is why you hear the words like absorbing, penetrating. Um, forget the other one. It's intense. It's an mm-hmm. intense like aura.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it is.
1: A lot of projectors, that's like sometimes a, um, something they have to really like walk through is the recognition of like, yeah, my aura is really intense and I've been trying to water it down because I don't want to make other people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is how, that's how I experience the aura. And that's also how like human design says it, it works and looks. But the other thing you have to keep in mind though, is that the, I, I see the way our aura is shaped in human design And like our energetic field and our frequency as, I mean, you could say they're the same thing, but I sort of work with them as different things because I don't work with um, the projector aura necessarily as like the thing I'm visualizing when I open up to my field. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just, I want to make that distinction because it's not like when you you work with frequency and with your field, you have to imagine this cone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like, my, my partner is a manifester, so their auras are really interesting. It's it's like a wall around them that you, mm. like, bump into and get, like, thrown wow. back by. Um, I think an, an awareness of the auras is one of another one of those things that can bring you into imagination and experiencing the world through energetics. Because once you've seen the pictures of them you can actually start to feel them when you're around the different types.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense because my partner is an MG. So yeah. it's de- enveloping, very open.
1: <laughs> takes up the whole room.
0: And it's just, it's very really nice to be in it. Yep. You know, um, and you were talking about the divine masculine. Uh, it, it's interesting because I attract a partner. I'm with a partner who actually embodies that very well. And it's given me so much permission to just, you need to rest, you rest. You want to do this, you do this. It's like whatever it is that I need to do to support you. It, and it's actually been such a gift in my, and the piece of recognition that I've never gotten as a projector. Yeah. And so it's been like a homecoming. So it's, it's, it's very, very healing and transmutive that way for me to be around him.
1: Yeah, that's so beautiful.
0: Um, the thing I want to ask you is, I know that I think for you, the thing that stands out the most for me is like just your approach to business, you know? Um, And so I want to just start by asking you, what does business mean to you? Like I've I've seen you describe it on your website, but I want to hear it from your own words.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's a good question. Um, oh, it's, it's changing, you know, my, as with everything, like my perceptions of business are getting purified too. Um, so the way, the way that I have experienced entrepreneurship from the get go is this is like a highly transformational workshop that I just signed up for that is now poking at every part of me that needed to get poked at. Um, so like, it's, I, I always, I used to always say like, it's a spiritual practice. It's a spiritual practice. It's a magical practice and it is. And, but it's not like the way I experience it. And I've, I've always sort of operated this way. It's not like the spiritual practice that we do in the morning and then go into our day. It's an ongoing practice. So I've always felt from like a certain dimensional perspective, nothing is compartmentalized. So our relationship is not compartmentalized from our business. And this over here is not compartmentalized from our business. And it's actually everything is feeding into each other. So I sort of recognized that from the get go. And I had really good experience with, um, sort of like catalyzing containers by being with my partner. My Mm. business reminded me of like signing on to have another partner that was Mm. constantly mirroring me and
0: Mm, beautiful. Yeah. And I was like, Holy
1: shit. This is like, not the, this is not how people describe it. (laughs) No, No. Um, and as time goes on, it's like, it, it doesn't all, it, it's not always this rigorous thing that's triggering you or that's making you uncomfortable. It becomes, um, like a living, I mean, depending on the type of entrepreneurship you do, my belief is that ultimately what we're doing is investing into each other's frequencies and Mm -hmm. what we're doing on the front end and what we offer is just sort of the magnification of our being. And so as you move through the different phases of business. It's almost like you get to this place where whatever aspect of evolution you're at or wherever you are in like your embodiment journey, like that is your business. And to try to, to try to like, let's say if your consciousness is here to try to like keep your business back here, doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, your business has to keep evolving with you. Mm-hmm. So business to me is just the doorway into yourself (laughs) Mm. always like always a hundred percent. And it's interesting because this is changing, but it's still in the entrepreneurship matrix. There is still such an emphasis on the front end Mm -hmm. of business marketing copy, like, um, your offerings, like all these things. And it's, Mm -hmm. I love those aspects of business, but what I have noticed time and time again, is that when I work with people, if we work more from the perspective of their frequency, their being their inner archetypal energies, all of these things that make up who they are, they start to get to a place where they know they don't need to give their power away when it comes to how they should run their business because they are so connected to their channel and their creation cycles that there's not even like a question in their mind if they should create this and how it should look. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like you start to get your power back and you start to recognize that you can literally do whatever you want in business as long as all of your energy is behind it. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. it's, so it's kind of like a birthing process in a way.
1: Yes. And, yeah. and your business births you. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Like we birth our businesses and then they, they birth us at the same time. Mm. Same with everything we create. We birth a creation, the creation births us. Like we are, we are constantly being um, purified at, by our own businesses. And then reborn. Yeah.
0: Um yeah. what's one way that we can start to as projectors in business, projectors who have businesses, what's one way that we could start to really deeply rest in that more energetic frequency state of going through the birthing process versus being like, Oh, what do people need for me? Like what's hot to talk about? Like what does it yeah. marketing like like you get what I mean? Yes.
1: Yeah. Um so it's there's definitely there's there's different phases of business and the answer would probably tend to shift depending on the phase but if i were to just like paint broad strokes something i had to do early on pretty consistently was completely turn down the dials on what people were telling me to do and a big mistake i see projectors making is just um we're so other person oriented That we can get into entrepreneurship and just like give like just intake and intake and intake. And this person says this and this person says this and um, they're doing well, so I should do what they're doing. And it becomes like information overload. Mm -hmm. And that's not how we or in my opinion, any other type is designed to work. Mm -hmm. So there's a big, big piece around energetic management and recognizing where other people's opinions are actually distorting your own channel. Mm -hmm. And this really weaves in with what we've been talking about because that process is usually highly confronting because you're basically saying, I'm going to turn down the volume, everything, and just trust that I will be guided and I will be led. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's such an important piece is like, the way I've come to understand my own business strategy and creation cycle is that I sit back actively. I allow myself to surrender. I allow guidance via the earth spirit, whatever you want to call it to start coming through. And I'm, I'm open to receiving that. And then when I feel that I have received a clear set of instructions, I stay in relationship to that vision or that creation rather than like, Oh, boom, I got it. Like time to create (laughs) like, Mm -hmm, and sometimes marinate in it. Yes. And sometimes there is urgency. It's it's completely different. Sometimes you'll get a download. That's like, this needs to happen now. And other times you'll get something where you're like, man, this only feels like 10% and I can tell there's more and I need to keep waiting and receiving. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, you receive the instructions and then you obey and then you, mm-hmm. and then you carry out the creation. And that's then where your relationship to the divine masculine comes. Cause he pops online and is like, all right, let's do this. And like starts all moving time. things in the form. But that way, see, this is what's so interesting to me. To me, that is the innate way that the, the feminine desires to create. Cause if you look back through time, what did women do? They sequestered themselves, went into the temples, went into the tents, channeled, received the higher guidance and the higher wisdom, brought it back to the community and then created it and followed the instructions they had received. Mm -hmm. So this is a very like ancient way of existing for us. Mm -hmm. So I feel like our bodies actually remember this. It's Mm -hmm. our minds and getting too plugged into what entrepreneurship is telling us that tricks us into believing that that can't work for us. And we Mm -hmm. have to have branding and a marketing plan and, All the things. (laughs) Yeah.
0: This reminds me of like the priestess archetype. Yes. Would you say that like every projector in some way, shape or form kind of has an embodiment or a nuance of that priestess archetype?
1: First, yes. I mean, the the way I see feminine archetypes is that we have, they're all inside of us. They're Mm. all inside of us. Yes. I know a lot, I have a lot of projector sisters who are definitely like, 100% in their priestess energy, but then I have some who are like the oracle, Mm. like they channel and then they bring it through. Mm. Um, like my, my sisters, who have that priestess energy are very into creating experiences where they can serve the sacred in the other. Mm. And that's totally a projector. Like a projector wants to do that in some way. Um, yeah, I think I honestly feel like all women could tap into their inner priestess. At some point in the journey.
0: Totally feel (laughs) feel you there. Um, Yeah. I want to ask you something is when I go through this birthing process, so this is something I want to circle back with is like the splenic authority as a projector and which is very much an intuitive way of being a projector. Um, Yeah. I know for me, when I, I, when I'm in deeper states of meditation or I'm doing some kind of movement, like walking is one of my favorite things to do. Just being completely present with nature, listening to all the sounds, I get, start to get crazy downloads yeah. of things I want to do, ideas I want to birth. And for me, what's come up recently a lot, because I, I feel this new level of birth happening within me and being asked in deeply acceptance to the feminine the fear just is like front and face and center, right? So Mm -hmm. there's this beautiful creation download that I've gotten about something I want to offer like an offering, but the fear is just like, like kind of taking a hold. It's just kind of like rattling, rattling me. What, what, what can we do when, when we're in that process, something is trying to birth to us like an offering, but like the the ego or the fear is coming in and just kind of dismantling you and kind of taking you out of your body, like that embodied state and putting you right back into your mind of logic, reason, figure out things like that.
1: Yeah. So if you feel comfortable asking what is, can you like, what is the fear? Is it all, is it all correlated to one area? Is it like 700 different voices? saying <laughs> like mm-hmm. You can't do this. That's scary. Like where, mm-hmm. what is it? What is it? What's its expression when it comes up?
0: So for me personally, it's the whole worthiness, not good enough piece.
1: Ah, oh, interesting. And that, so you experience the sort of seed, like being planted in you and then all of that comes up. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, Hmm. So having only gotten the answer to like those two questions, I can like, I can share a little bit, but I want to say too, that there's probably more nuance to this than how I'm going to respond to it. Mm -hmm. Um, that's interesting because your receipt, actually, you know, I can like totally resonate with this at the beginning of my journey. I was in my business journey. I would get downloads all the time and then I would be like, like, I don't want to do it. Like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. it's like a push and pull happening. Yeah, yeah, and it's of course, I mean, when you boil things down, they're almost always rooted in lack of worthiness or some sort of shame. Like that's usually like the center of everything. Um so the first thing I would I would feel into is cuz this is a really important distinction to make is this fear like deep rooted in your being and something that you actually need to like get in there and like face off with or work with, or is this just coming up as you're getting these downloads in the field to be cleared? And does it actually not carry a lot of density in your system? Cause there's different levels of fear. There's like fear where you literally feel paralyzed and you're having like a trauma response. And then there's fear like, that's like my ego who's scared and wants to feel safe. And all I need to do is have like a dialogue with that and help it to feel safe again. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like actually feeling into the fear. And then there's just, um, there's working with the exact initiation you're going through now, because when you can really start to anchor in that your being is ultimately and infinitely worthy, your creations, and this, this is a really hard thing to do. Your creations are no longer laced in, am I worthy enough? Are Mm -hmm. people going to like this? Mm -hmm. Is this okay?
0: Yeah. that Doing to get.
1: Yes. Your creations are just a natural offering of your being, but your being isn't like, oh, like, I I hope this works. I hope people like this. Like, yes, those voices come in. That's super common. Um, But it's, and this is like what I'm always trying to help people root into is when you're anchored in the worthiness of your being, everything you do just becomes an extension or magnification of that. It's no longer, like you said, I'm doing this to feel worthy or Mm. I'm scared that people aren't going to like this. And I'm going to make that mean something about my worthiness. Mm, That's a really good differentiation right there. Yeah. And, and (laughs) business is so funny because, um, Everyone goes through that phase in their business where they're talking to no one. <laughs> like, like if, like, if you go onto my website, my first, however many articles, I would pretty sure that almost no one read them. And yeah. my first few Facebook posts, it was my partner and my one friend liking everything. Yeah, yeah. Nobody else
0: cared. Yeah. But to a projector, that's like so detrimental. Cause it's like the recognition
1: is something that like we just, we, we want. Yes. And the, the deeper key there, like the deeper code, I think we're all being asked to unlock is, can we give that to ourselves? Can we nourish ourselves with that? So this way we don't start unconsciously hunting for it outside of ourselves and literally feeding ourselves through external sight and recognition versus already being fed and then showing up and having that recognition just be overflow, which again, this is like, not, this is not like. Do these three steps and then everything will change. This is like real, like human work. <laughs> mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It yeah. reminds me of the piece that we talked about with the deep rest with the surrender again. Cause it's coming back to coming, coming back to that embodiment in your being again.
1: Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and Oh man, I wish this was more common knowledge. Those times are literally the most fertile times for your business. When nothing is happening and you are completely withdrawn and completely in receptive mode, that is where those big, powerful creations or those beautiful transmissions or the next set of, like, codes, that, oops, that is where, that's, like, where they come in. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like the fertile darkness. Oh, isn't that? No, it's if Trevor Hall's thing is the fruitful darkness, it's like, yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's, it's such, it's the, it's the most fertile place in your business. So whenever I feel myself going into that space now I'm like, Oh yeah, like let's go. Cause I know the quicker I can surrender to it, the more like fertility is going to start coming through.
0: Yeah. I'm in that place right now. So this conversation is like my medicine right now. Yeah. I love how it aligned. Um, yeah. I, I'm having so much, uh, so much. I'm just having so much fun talking to you. Well. This <laughs> is literally too. like medicine coming my way and I'm just like absorbing all of it. Oh, I want to talk about a little bit about intuition because I know you have splenic authority and I have splenic authority. And could you speak a little bit about that and how our intuition kind of um, our relationship with our in- intuition in, in that regard?
1: Yeah. Um, splenic authority is fascinating. <laughs> it's, um, when you start to, uh, like read about it and, and hear the, the perceptions of it, it's primal awareness. So it, according to human design, it mutated into form to help people survive. So this is why splenic people, like I always say, when you're traveling, you want to have one splenic person there because they can, they can like really quickly be like, we're not safe
0: mm. um,
1: or like, we shouldn't be here or like, we, we need to get food now. Or, you know, it's like those knowings around safety and survival. Now, this is not something that human design teaches, at least not to my knowledge. I have a theory that. The splenic authority evolves. I have a theory that everything is evolving in human design. So we are no longer existing in a time where our primary motive is simply to survive. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That doesn't mean that splenic authority still doesn't act on survival and keep us safe. But I know for me, I have experienced my intuition as not just this is a weird place to be, we need to go, or mm-hmm. that person's dangerous. I I have experienced it as like, oh, I'm like getting downloads about this person, or I have this feeling and this knowing mm-hmm. about this thing that has nothing to do with survival. Yeah. Um. So it's, to me, it's like a really multifaceted authority, even though it seems so simple and just like, oh yeah, you just know in the moment. Mm-hmm. And then there's, what I've noticed too, is that as I've worked on like opening up my channel more and more and opening up my field more and more. Um, And it's interesting because I don't really know where the correlation is yet, but my intuition is like off the charts as I do that. Mm. Um, It's almost like I'm expanding the field of my, my spleen at the same time. Um, So it's the final piece I'll say that's really important. That is probably the most difficult for everyone who has it is that it's not mental, no, it has nothing to do with what you think. Oftentimes it's your, your, your body gets a feeling, if anything, and it is so, it can be so quiet when you are first coming into relationship with it. Like to the point where you question whether you actually felt that intuitively or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, totally. Feel yeah. Um, I wonder if this plays a, this plays a role because I have a defined Ajna and head center Ah. And I wonder, cause sometimes I get thought impressions mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's nothing that I could have thought of on my own. I just know that like, I'll get a download or a thought impression to say something or to write something, or uh, it's just like an impression of an idea that comes to my mind. Do you feel like for, for people who are, I think you, you, you looked at my chart and there's more, I have a lot of definition in my chart is, yeah. could it speak to you differently if there's more defined, let's say
1: defined Hedanajna center? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, I think it totally could. And I only have two defined centers. So, oh, wow. yeah, so I'm really used to stuff just like flying in all the time where I'm oh, like, wow. that is not mine. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my partner has defined head centers and he has similar experiences to what you were just saying. Um, yes, I I totally agree with you. I've I haven't I haven't actually like contemplated that, but we we both know it's not. They're all working together. It's like a symphony. All of your centers are creating this like symbiotic relationship. Um, so it would not be surprising to me if your your head centers and the things you like to think about are like deeply connected to intuitive hits you get, and they're sort of like working in tandem. Because mm-hmm. I'll get. I will sometimes, like, I mean, you probably know this from studying human design. I will find myself thinking about or channeling things where I'm like, this is not important. Like, (laughs) this is like... (laughs) This is a waste of my energy and like, I don't really know why this is coming through and I have to like actively be like, no.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 I feel you there. Um, <laughs> um, it's interesting you say that because th- through this whole conversation, like my goosebumps have been just off the radar mm-hmm. and like the tingles and the sensations and like, cause I've everything that you're saying is just like medicine. And I know that's for me, like my intuition is like, yes, yes, yes. Like take it in, take it in, take it in. Like you're on the right path. So yeah. I've, I've learned the body sensations, right? Yes. And, some, and like when I'm around somebody and I get this like rep, a kind of repulsed feeling a little bit, yeah, uh, I know to, I just kind of like walk away from this person. And, and yep. usually like when someone's energy is very pure, like yours is, it like just shoots across the screen for me. And I'm like, I need to talk to that person. I don't know why I just need to talk to that person. Yeah. And, and there's very few people who have that level of like purity in their energy field where you feel so open and welcomed in it, like you do, and I, and that's why I felt so inclined to reach out to you. Mm, thank um, you. And so it, it, I'm, I'm learning what that, what that openness feels like from just being in your presence right now.
1: Thank you so much. You're, welcome. <laughs> you're like, you're reflecting back to me a lot of like things I've been sort of trying to activate. Um, so it, it feels really good to have a really intuitive person be like, yeah, I feel this from you. Um, but yes, I, I completely, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think that, um, the more we, it's, it's like the thing with working with your frequency and expanding your like energetic field and just all of these different things is that you can open to light so much more and darkness it's Mm -hmm. the expansion is always happening in both directions so the people that feel that make us contract it goes from like "Mm, that person feels weird to like i need to leave this room now (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah 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 and then and the other the other
0: flip side is you just want to bathe the other person's energy because i think i think for me you're such a reflection of where I'm ascending to kind of growing in my transformation process. So it's like a huge permission slip for me.
1: Yay. Um, Thank you.
0: You're welcome. That's
1: so exciting. <laughs> I know. <laughs>
0: um, I, the, I guess the, the final piece I want to touch base on today with you is money. Um, yeah. <laughs> and this is something that I've been contemplating a lot about my relationship with money. It's always been one that's been stressful and challenging and contracting and just not fun and I know you said that money is medicine. I was like, what the heck did she mean
1: by that? (laughs) Yeah. Um, let's see. So I think that, I think that before I even started getting my own downloads around it, a couple teachers of mine were, would say like, oh, money medicine. And like, um, had their own sort of perceptions of it. And before I those people became my teachers, I remember coming across the words, the two words together and being like, yes, something in me is like in deep resonance with that. Then when my money journey really started to kick into high gear, I started getting all of these downloads in regards to money and the earth and money as like a earthly medicine that we all chose to interact with. So- I like the term or the, the like code money medicine because working with medicines, um, whether that's plant medicine or, um, I mean, literally anything you work with that, um, takes you through a journey, Mm -hmm. like anything, it could be like a guided shamanic journey, whatever you want to call it. Not, but not like Tylenol, (laughs) (laughs) um, or working with herbs, like all these different things they, like working with medicine is really uncomfortable most of the time, or at least aspects of it are. And you're basically opening yourself up to see all of the parts of you that need to be purified or all of the parts of you, um, that are not vibrating at the frequency of the medicine, whatever you want to call it. So I started recognizing how, If I started to look at money as like a psychedelic or a plant medicine, how I had been tripping on it my entire life. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I think that's true for everyone. We start tripping on money. Yeah. And it's, we're, we're inducted into it by society and our parents, unless you happen to have parents who have this like crystal clear relationship to it and they bring you into that. But again, don't know anyone who's had that experience. Mm -hmm. So When I started orienting myself towards money as a medicine or a spirit, all of a sudden money work became a lot more enticing and a lot more exciting because I recognized this is something that has been initiating me my entire life and I've just been running away from it. Mm -hmm. Similar to when you work with a medicine, it's like, here's, here's where you are unconscious. Here's where you have like a big shadow. Here's where you are not facing yourself. And that's always what money has been doing for me. Mm -hmm. I also have, um, if anyone is familiar, my Pluto is in the second house in Scorpio. Mm -hmm. So like I have some big Plutonian karma around money. So So money has been a huge theme in my life correlated to power, pain, like wounding, unconsciousness neuroses like all of the pluto things when you're when you're avoiding pluto Mm -hmm. so that all started coming through and then i I was getting like crazy downloads around how the the earth um if you look at the way the earth circulates and transmutes energy it's exactly how we would be using money or energy if we were in unity consciousness which we're not Mm -hmm. Um, and so i just started to really see like and let me, let me back up. This is all rooted in me not resonating with money, just being neutral energy or just good green energy. <laughs> mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, I know that works for some people that did not work for me mm-hmm. because I had such a deep unconscious reservoir of pain around money that to just slap the, it's just neutral energy band aid yeah. over it it, nothing was changing. Right. I was like, Oh, it's just neutral energy. And also like, I feel crazy and like, yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, making yeah. me act crazy. Yeah. So the whole medicine piece and the spirit piece is what allowed me to start working with it as something that does expose your darkness to you and does expose your unconscious aspects to you. So when did money medicine come through last spring? I got like the whole, this whole course or initiation, like downloaded through me, that was money medicine. And it's funny because money is one of those things similar to business where I'm like, I'm like, are I'm like spirit? Like, are you sure? I don't think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And every time it's like, yes, yeah. like, yeah. yes. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, shouldn't I be like, like an herbalist still? And it's like, mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm so, glad you're doing it. <laughs> thank you. I, I love it working with, with people and with money. And it gets so rich. Um, And it's interesting too, because, you know, our relationship to money as a collective is getting purified right now. So I keep, I've been telling the students in Projector Magic, I'm like, you don't need to go dig for your money shit. All you literally have to do is just sit and be with what's happening with the coronavirus and feel all of the parts of you that are in lack, scarcity, and fear around finances. Mm. These are all the parts of you that are still like hooked into the old matrix around how money works Mm -hmm. and how money is the thing that gives you safety and security.
0: Mm. Or your worthiness. Yes. Yeah. Like for me, um, my, my, the the thing that's been coming up a lot with the fears around money is this worthiness piece is huge for me right now. Um, because for me, I see money as like a judge, a judge of me. Cause I don't know if, I don't know if if this, this, this makes any sense, but I had my Venus in my second house. Okay. Right. And my, and my, my, I'm an Aquarius. So my sun sign is also my second house, which is supposed to be apparently good.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay. So you're very, you have a lot of like consistent money stuff around you.
0: Oh, all the time. Yeah. And it's all related to worthiness. It's like this feeling of needing it, needing to be worthy for it is this constant theme in my life. So that externalizing my worth has been the way I've had kind of seen my value as a person. So literally like taking all that out and surrendering and self sourcing has been such a huge part of the shift that I'm going through right now. And it's 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 so uncomfortable to be in this space because it makes no sense to me whatsoever. You know? Yeah. And so that, I'm always so curious thick. what people's relationship with money is really like because like I've never heard the perspective you have.
1: Yeah. I <laughs> I <laughs> I tend to make things weird. <laughs> like I take like mundane things and just make them like really crazy. Yeah. Um, but to reflect back to you, like that energetic of, I, it, to me, it always feels, and I've, Oh man, I, you, this has been a huge one for me. I need to be good for God. Like mm-hmm. I need to be good so, for, for God insert here. I need to be worthy for money. Um I need to be worthy for clients. I need to be worthy for my partner. Like I need to be good enough for that thing. Um, then that thing will show me that I'm good enough. Right. Um, and it's funny because I sometimes will work with money as like God in motion. Mm -hmm. Um, that was really difficult for me at first, but it's become easier as I've like cleared some of the like big stuff around it. Um, but (laughs) money is if, If you can start to rework the relationship to money as insert here, teacher, ally, um, like medicine man or woman, shaman, whatever you want to put in there, you start to recognize that it's money is not, um, money is not judging you money, (laughs) money is not, (laughs) not judging you at all. Um, Money in my experience, if you look at it as like alive, wants to work with you, like really, really desperately wants to work with you. And sometimes I'll get these visions of like, because so much money is tied up in, well, this is changing too, but so much of the world's money is tied up in the hands of people who do not respect it or work with it as being alive. Right. Um, and sometimes I'll get this vision of like money, just like waiting for like us to come online in a way where it's like, yes. Okay. And then it like runs through the door and like hops into our realities and it's like, yes, I've been waiting to work with you. Like, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Um, so we're like a channel for it. Yeah. yeah. And, and also the, the biggest piece that you touched on is, and I don't think this is true for everyone, but I know for me, like very similar to you, I could not start consciously working with money until I had like ejected myself from the paradigm where money was the thing that made me feel worthy or safe or secure. And I, I'm a very, I'm like a recovering extremist. So so (laughs) at the time I was still like a full blown extremist and I started doing these things called zero initiations where I would empty my bank account also mind you I was already extremely poor at the time and I was living on a farm and my partner and I had like two hundred dollars to our name so I wasn't like emptying thousands of dollars but I would I would empty my bank account and then I would just sit with the zero and see how Mm. it felt and see what I was making it mean about me and it's funny because even once I started incoming from my business it's like I still hadn't worked it all out. So I would make a chunk of money and then I would like unconsciously manifest a situation that would need that exact chunk of money. So there was a good, like the first few months of my business where I would like make money, go to zero, make money, go to zero. And I just kept sitting with zero Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and it got to a point where I was like, oh, this doesn't mean anything.
0: Uh. (laughs) Like, like,
1: and it took a while. That's again, that's not like a light switch. And I also... Sometimes people will hear me say this and they're like, I'm going to do it. And I'm like, you don't, you don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. You can, you can go into a meditative space and imagine just looking at your bank account with nothing in it and then imagining and then feeling everything you're making that mean about yourself and all the places your mind goes. Like for me, a big one was the fear of being homeless. Like I would get these visions of myself as like a schizophrenic homeless person. And that was like a deep root chakra fear of like wow. there is not money in my bank account, I will become a schizophrenic homeless person. <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah.
0: So it like showed you what you what you needed to see.
1: Oh yeah. And oh. and like it's it's funny because with coronavirus, I'm like, huh, okay, so what happens if we lose all of our money and and like all the money's gone. And I'm like, yeah, it'll, it'll just be like it was last time. Like it will go to zero. And then we're such powerful co-creators. This is the part that's really hard for people to wrap their heads around as it was for me. And it's that we are always supported, maybe not financially, but I know when Chris and I had no money, we were growing food at the farm. We were living at a beautiful farm where we worked for our rent. We always had what we need, like what we needed. We were always supported, even if it didn't look like us having tons of money, Mm -hmm. like we were always, always supported. And this sort of weaves back into everything we've been talking about, because when you rest in that place of surrender, you find out that actually like you, there is support all around you all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're so, it's so scary to Mm. relinquish all of the things that we have grasped onto as like pseudo support.
0: Right. And then don't you also like open a gateway for that support to show itself? Yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: It, yeah, yeah, it's so beautiful what happens. I've watched so many like clients and friends relax into that space and then start making more money (laughs) Mm -hmm. or then a man comes in and wants to help them, a family member. Like it's, yeah, it's we're just we're so we're so deeply supported. um, And that's a really nice concept. But to actually start to like anchor that into your body, it completely changes the way you interact with life.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it reminds me of the, the times where I've quote, quote, made the most money is where I was the most just in a surrender. It's just being state. Yes, it's, it's never been when I was like pushing, trying, trying to do all the marketing like ticking all the boxes and all of that it was always in this like open receiving state yeah so I want to ask you is how can we start to change our relationship with our money where being it so masculine and kind of bring it back more to the feminine and kind of get into receivership with it
1: yeah so that's a really good point um from an energetic perspective, it's, it's really fun. Like you just said, to look at money as like divine masculine support or as like God in motion coming to support you. So who does, what does divine, if you're thinking as divine energy and divine energy is looking down, does it want to go help the person who's like, I need this and like, and like, or does it want to go help the person who's like, I have this seed or like I have this vision or I have this desire and I'm resourced and I'm ready and I'm going to go. You know what I mean? Like this is the whole like treat money like a lover thing. Like would Mm -hmm. your boyfriend want to come hang out with you if you were like desperate and Yeah, Yes. (laughs) But it takes it to a new octave when you're like money is God in motion. So that's really fun to play with energetically. On like the 3D physical level, a lot of spiritual magical sensitive people tend to avoid the reality of money Mm. so it's like I'm just not gonna look at it or like I don't know what's going on in my bank account yeah or or I don't need it or like there's so many things we do because we don't want to like get our hands dirty with money and for me I found because I was one of those people who would like well I was pretty much I pretty much have every distorted aspect around money that you could have. Like I wasn't just one way I would do all the things. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the things I did was avoid. So for me to start creating sacred, intimate spaces, for me to connect with my money in a really practical way, I feel is, is putting in like the effort or the work to let that divine energy know, like when you come to me, I respect you. And when you come to me, like, I, I know where you're going. I know how much I, I know how, like my bills get paid. My employees get paid. Like all of these things that seem really mundane, I think, cause I think when we work with anything, it's through multiple dimensions and we can do all the energetic work. But if we haven't done the work in the physical to be good receivers and holders of money, mm mm-hmm. Then again, I don't think money is like super interested in us because it's like every time I come to you, you spend everything immediately on clothes, and, like, and like, <laughs> which can be done intentionally. That's really? just like an example of a lot of people will get and then just immediately circulate it all out because there's like a fear of holding or like a they're like unconscious starts freaking out and it's like, this is too much and just starts pushing it all away.
0: Mm-hmm. I, this is something that's interesting. You the, what you, what rem- this reminds me of is that for me, it's like, whenever I get money, there's this like need to prove that I'm, I'm worthy of it. Like that mm-hmm. immediately comes. It's like, I've got to somehow prove that I'm worthy of the money that just came to me. Right. so I, I spin in circles with that. And um, because of that, like for me, like, it's it comes in but it kind of like sits there and taunts me like it doesn't go out there's nothing unexpected that comes in and like wants to leave it'll just sit there and just like I'm like but I'm not I'm still not feeling worthy and like it's like and I love that exercise that you just you just shared is like just see all the stuff it's showing bringing up for you about how you feel about yourself which I'm definitely gonna try
1: (laughs) yes another thing that might be helpful to you is when the money comes in, um, I mean, for most of us, it's on a screen. so yeah, We're not actually holding it. A bunch of numbers. Yeah. So some people actually, like more tactile people, really benefit from like doing this with actual money. I used to do that. I would do meditations where I was like holding $20 bills. Um, but you, you, you take the money and you just like hold it in front of you, whether it's on a screen or you're actually holding it. And you imagine that as however you want to imagine it, solar energy, God's love, um, like divine liquid, whatever. And you imagine it like pouring into your field and then you just imagine holding it in your field. So mm. a lot of us will work on receiving and we'll get really good with receiving, but we won't get good at holding. Mm. <laughs> so so we're just like, receive, push, receive, push, um, but you can do this exercise and you can just feel all of the ways in which you're either allowing yourself to like receive that like love or all of the parts of you who are like, no, this isn't okay. Like, no, this isn't okay. And I think it's how you would relate to it is different for everyone. Um, but you could look at it as like, this is God's love or, um, this is divine support or this is, um, Like the spirit of money wanting to work with me more like however however you want to like look at it but just sitting with the number and holding it and then just seeing because the thing about the thing about wanting to be worthy enough for anything is that's just the manifestation of somewhere along the way us being told that worthiness is tied to something external, which it isn't. So it's like at the core of this, it's always just, okay, I'm, I'm connecting my worthiness to this money. And can I like unhook that and bring it back in? And it's interesting too, because religion and like school and everything have only made this worse. Yeah. Like I know I was, Pushed really hard to do well in school, and it became yeah. a like I'm good enough if I get straight A's. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. So there's there's all of these hooks um, that just need to be unhooked, and it's 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 interesting because like this isn't a concept; it's it's a lived experience. But I know that I've had so many moments. You know, a really great thing to do is I like to go out and watch nature mm-hmm. and watch how nature is not questioning if it's worthy no, (laughs) (laughs) like ever and we don't we don't make nature unworthy either we like look at nature as we're like wow like it's amazing yes and like we are also nature like yes we have fallen very far from the tree but like we are that as well um and it's it's such a it's such a private experience you know like you can't somebody can't like hand you a book or like walk you through a step-by-step process, even though those can help. It's such a, like, it's just like coming back to being, coming back Mm -hmm. to the being is such a, everyone has their own like really private sort of sacred experiences with that.
0: Mm -hmm. And so, so how can we be better receivers of money? Mm -hmm. You're, you're saying is to really rest again I think this whole conversation is like come back deeply come back to deeply (laughs) resting in your being cut all the ties you have of needing to gain or anything or get anything from the external world
1: yeah yes deeply like being a better receiver of money is it's interesting I'm noticing like in the course projector magic a lot of them are really comfortable with receiving things that don't have anything to do with now I'm receiving for something I gave like mm. my work. So I noticed that people will compartmentalize. It's easy to receive dinner from my partner, but it is not easy to receive money from my client mm. because now we are in this exchange of I'm offering something. So now I'm like, was it good enough? Like, yeah. is that okay? Yeah. And it's, this is the other piece too, and I won't like unravel this completely, but for sensitive people, and this was taught to me by a teacher of mine, he sort of gave me the explanation that really sensitive people oftentimes on a deep unconscious level struggle with receiving money because we struggle with taking other people's energy because it makes us really uncomfortable to oh, feel yeah. like we're taking it from them. Um, or, okay consuming them or even eating them. You could say it's like, we're eating their energy. So aside from all of like the nice, like receiving and I'm open and I'm feeling this work, there is also like a piece to this where, and these, the more like shadowy aspects of like power and powerlessness are always really helpful to me because when I was able to click into, there is a part of me that needs to become comfortable with consuming other people's energy things started to change. It's mm-hmm. the same thing with sales. Their sales are s- like rooted in service and they can be sacred and all these things. And sales also are, it's, it's a high sensation, like um, really intimate interplay of power and powerlessness. And it's the same thing with money. So when we can start to acknowledge, like maybe a part of my being is uncomfortable because there is a highly uncomfortable aspect to this that is rooted in like cannibalism. And <laughs> mm. When you can start to come into a relationship with that and just recognize that it's there, all of a sudden there's not like a shadow in the closet. Like, mm, this is so uncomfortable. Yeah. And like, for me, this is, this is like what I've done. I will watch nature documentaries and I, rather than fast forwarding through the animals eating each other, I will watch it because that was really helpful for me in regards to sales and money. And it's not that I'm getting on sales calls and I'm like, I'm going to eat you, but I allow that aspect of the exchange to be present. In addition to I'm going to open up to receive, and this is going to be beautiful. Mm-hmm.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I, I like how you said that. Um, and seeing it as cause I definitely struggle with that is like, I'm offering something now. So that means I have to, you have to give me something and like, Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't be the one that's given to I'm the one who's always the giving one here. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I like that you said as a a play of powerlessness power, powerlessness and powerful.
1: Yes. Yes. Cause it, that's always at play with money. We, we um, feel powerless when we don't have it and we feel very powerful when we do and another thing that the teacher I mentioned um, that he taught me is when you are yearning for money, instead of feeling powerlessness, instead like alchemize with the opposite and feel your innate power as a hungry, creative human who desires something because there's power and desire. Mm. Um, and then if you are, when you receive money, rather than feeling like I'm so powerful you feel the powerlessness and the humility of the fact that like another human is giving you their energy Mm. in order to blah, 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 like insert whatever here. And I think these exercises work when you have, um, I don't want to say like done a ton of work, but I, I, as I'm saying it, those exercises, I think those exercises would be beneficial at a certain point on the journey. But if you're someone who, let's say is, deeply uncomfortable receiving and it doesn't make you feel powerful to get money going into powerlessness might just compound that you're already feeling so scared and afraid and unworthy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So I think those are things you can use once you have started rooting into like, yeah, I, I know how to receive money and like, I'm a powerful co-creator,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you what, how would you describe your relationship with money with words?
1: now Mm (laughs) um huh Mm. fluid evolving um highly medicinal and as of recently um like a a much deeper connection to the divine through it and that's new. I, when I first started working with money, I did not like correlating it with God. That felt mm. weird for me. <laughs> mm. um, now, though, as we're walking through the initiation that is the coronavirus, there's a deep recognition for me that's happening that my relationship to money is also getting purified. And if my money channels where I circulate, where I receive what I offer and what I make or attract money through, if those aren't rooted in like purity and truth and divinity, it does, it, it's not going to work anymore. Yeah. Like for example, this is a super generic example. You take on a client who you're like meh about, but you're like, Oh, it's a client. Yeah. That's not going to work anymore for us. No. Like we're, we are, we are ascending away from that. Like we are elevating away from that where like money has to be rooted in like truth and purity. Mm -hmm. yeah so I'm seeing like the parts of my money streams and money channels where I'm like yep that's not gonna work anymore
0: (laughs) yeah 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 I understand that um you don't have to elaborate too much on this but just this how uh business can be a receivership for money too
1: business as a receivership for money what do you mean
0: uh because when we are in business so much of the way that the money comes through us is through the business and seeing it as like an entity that's separate from us and that we're kind of like you say, like we're in a stewardship with and kind of um, like a, like kind of like a, in relationship with it. And we're kind yeah. of um, working with it rather than like, like it owns us versus we owning it kind of, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So how do we, how, how can we see receivership being received, letting our businesses be a receivership money and based on that purity? not openness.
1: Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So, and again, this is such a potent time to discuss this because I think, um, I think our businesses are being purified and I think it's becoming like, well, first, let me start by saying that at the root of why we like, okay, actually, how do I word this? entrepreneurship and having a business, it it makes you come face to face with needing money and, and (laughs) wanting to make money through being yourself essentially, which is really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like I always say like getting massively compensated to be yourself. That was like a huge thing I worked with for a while of like, I can just be me and get paid tons of money. That's super uncomfortable. (laughs)
0: Like that
1: also pisses a lot of people off to even hear me say it. Yeah. Um, so depending on like the belief systems you're working with and how you want business to go, business can be the doorway for you to start recognizing that again, your energy, your being, your frequency is something that people actually want to invest in, uh, which is like crazy. Like mm-hmm, we have mm-hmm. not, we were conditioned so far away from that. Yeah. Um, so business is the ultimate if if you are an entrepreneur, it's your like ultimate doorway to receiving if you're going to approach it that way. Some people will approach it unconsciously and look at it from like the old paradigm of transactional. Like I do this, you give me this. I give you this information, you give me this money. Mm-hmm. I look at it as you're investing in my frequency. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to my frequency. It magnifies out. People want to buy in. I'm like getting compensated to be myself. Yes, I'm delivering things sometimes. And there's like, the offering or whatever it is. But ultimately I don't believe that's why people are there at least, at least not on an unconscious level. So there's that whole like shtick, And then mm-hmm, <laughs> with what you referred to, um, again, we are moving into this place of consciousness, especially for like, let's just say those of us who have been on the path where we can't get away with charging for things we're not in alignment with anymore and not in resonance with and are not quote pure creations. So and when I say pure creation, that doesn't mean you have to get this like perfect present from the gods that's like here's your creation. Like it yeah. It, it means that like uh, it's it's so hard to bring down into words but it's like are you in is, is the thing you're offering alive for you? Is there resonance? Are you being guided to lead it or are you just grabbing onto it because it's safe and it's what everyone else is doing and it's what you were told to do? Mm-hmm. Or it so, makes you money. Yes. Yeah, so we're like moving and, and I'm seeing this happen in the online space where people who have sort of been grabbing onto the same old things, you can feel their fields, like, you can feel that it's dying. You can feel that those ways of doing business are dying and people are grabbing onto them. Cause they're like, wait, this worked for so long. <laughs> yeah. When we're actually all moving into spaces where we need to start opening up our channels for the codes and offerings that want to come through because we're literally gritting a new, like a new grid of consciousness right now as the earth is shifting. So what we create, who we be, what we offer is going to shift with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I f- does this answer your question? I'm yeah. Like-
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it does. Like, this is something that stood out is people are not paying for what I do. They're pay. They're kind of investing in who I am,
1: who I be. Yeah. Yeah,
0: And then it's, it's, it's my own energy field and it's all the work that I put into into coming home. Yes. Right. Yes. And so I, I love that you say that because it takes all the fucking pressure off. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. I'm always telling my clients, I, I'll like walk them through this exercise where we write out all of all the different things they've been through, everything they've alchemized, all the initiations, all the dark nights of the soul. And I'm like, this is what people are investing in. The fact that you walked through all of this, you alchemized it. And, and like you are, um, you are participating in life. You are like intimate with reality. That makes you a very powerful human. They're not investing in your life coach training from blah, blah, blah school.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or like, or what you can do for them.
1: Yes. And, yeah. and the people who are it, like, I always tell people, like, if, or I should just say how I work. If somebody comes to me with that energy of like, what do you have? And like, what can you prove to me that you're going to do for me? I'm like, no, I don't want to work with you. Like yeah. I, I, there's, I can't prove that anything is going to happen. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, I totally resonate with that because I know, I know that I read this somewhere in one of your blog posts is that when you work with me, it's like, it's not because I can offer you an XYZ solution. There's just some part that knows that you just want to work with me. And, and, and I, I feel the same way because I've had such a hard time describing to people what is it that I do?
1: Yeah. Just
0: come come into my space and allow (laughs) me to like touch your energy and play with it and get a feel for it. And I'll tell you what I, and I'll show you what I can do.
1: Yep. You'll feel it.
0: Right. And I think yeah. it's 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 funny looking back at all the clients I've worked with is they've just kind of said, I don't know, I just felt drawn to you. Yes. And I was like and I and, and I had people come and tell me like, Oh, you need to come with like a problem you need to solve or you need to like offer a solution and I'm like it's blah, like that does not feel good at all. Like for me, yes. like, it's putting me in a box and I love the abstract mystery of things. And so when I work with yes. the client, it's kinda like I work with you the way I work with you and the way I work with somebody else is going to be completely different.
1: Yep. 100%. And, and I, That's and the projector I, magic. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I love that you really, really clarified that. Yeah. It's, uh, oh yeah. We, we, this is what I mean about like, we're meant to run businesses in a wildly illogical way that it just so happens. Many people are being initiated into right now and are like, mm-hmm. wait, that doesn't make sense. And we're like, yes, it does. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's, the other thing I'll add here, too, is that the feminine is not here to solve your problems. Like, mm-hmm. the feminine does not offer tangible, like, linear solutions. The The feminine activates, creates, nourishes, like, codes, like... She is not interested in in being like, oh, that's your pain point. Here's my solution that like is just some intellectual concept that I boxed up with my own words. Like, no, doesn't work that way. The feminine wants to to get in your space and to feel you and to ride like the co-creative energy that you two make together and create like a work of art with you.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Um, I I just have one.
0: Quick question for you. Yeah. I want to start wrapping it up. This mm-hmm. conversation has been so amazing. Um, <laughs> what's your relationship with social media like? Uh, <laughs> because yeah. I I kind of love your approach to social media and I just would love some, yeah. um, your approach to it and how we can just be in a better, like everything in life is a relationship, right? Yeah. We're, rel- we're relating to it. So how can we be in better relationship with social media?
1: Yeah. So... I am one of those people, and I'm sure this has to do with all the open centers. I am very affected by social media. Just in the sense that I start projecting into everyone. I leave my body. I get on information overload. Like, it just, the field of social media is so full of shit and light. Oh, can I cuss? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. I already did.
1: Okay. It's, it's. (laughs) It's just like the Wild West out there. Like, yeah. so. and so many people are are just regurgitating other people. It's just like people are just on social media copying what other people are saying. And it's like this weird echo chamber where it's like none of you are connected to your channels. Mm-hmm. That's not true, though. A lot of people are. So when I started my business or when I birthed my business, I had already done a four-year social media fast. So I was like, I'm going to see how long I can do this without social media. I think that lasted around seven to eight months, no social media, just word of mouth. And that was really fun. And I had a website and I had an acuity, but I did not use Instagram or Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, or I didn't, I had a Facebook, but I wasn't posting on my Facebook. Mm -hmm. So first I showed myself like, Oh, cool. Then I knew I got like a couple signs where it was like, you should make an Instagram. You should actually start using this if you want to like expand and elevate. And so when I did make my Instagram, if you go look at my Instagram, my first post is a letter to Instagram where I'm declaring the relationship I'm going to have with it.
0: Oh, wow. And so
1: I came in again, like similar to how I had been farming. I had just spent four years off of social media. So I knew what it was like to have a system free of social media. So it was really easy for me to come in and be really intentional because I I knew what it was like to have it out of my system. And I knew what it was like to start allowing so much of it in that I started to feel distorted. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had like a leg up because of the social media fast. Um, However, during that time, I also gained a bunch of judgments about it. (laughs) So I came in with this really intentional relationship to it. And also like secretly judging it the entire time and being like, this is stupid. I don't like this. So I had work around actually allowing myself to see it as something beyond just this like distortion machine that makes people act crazy and like just all the ways that it, it influences us. Yeah. Um, so My partner actually started pointing out to me, he's like, you know, social media would work for you if you weren't so judgmental towards it. Mm. So I started like really starting, I was clearing a lot of those. And the way I work with my clients and the way I operate is that social media is the wand. It's not the spell. So Mm. you can be like waving your wand around with no actual spell behind it and getting nowhere. And this is why so many people, use social media ruthlessly and don't see results because they're just following this front end model and they don't have the spell behind it to actually make it work for them. So I like to play with it as a wand that can be used for like light magic or black magic and can be used for like um, really pure purposes and really distorted purposes. And my role is just like, Staying tuned into the energetics and to my frequency and making sure that when I am organically reaching out to use it, it's rooted in that pure place and it's rooted in a place free of distortion because like everything else, we are... So many people are starting to, in my perception, feel like projectors when they're on social media. Because mm-hmm. when we go on social media, we can feel everyone. Oh, yeah. Like, we can still project into people. So we can, like, right. go on someone's page and be like, this person is lying. Like Yeah, we-
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's, like, a lot of people on social media. And yes. I'm like, how are people buying into this yes. right now? <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm like, my, so, my, like, does not make any yep. sense. Yep. Yeah. So, I see that starting to happen with with a lot more people who maybe before were were swayed by it. Mm-hmm. And people are starting to become really sensitive to frequency. So social media is quickly becoming a great place for projectors to be because it's a game of frequency. And so it's interesting, like what you brought up, I have been doing exercises for almost like a year now where I encode the field of my social media, like I'll like encode my website or like... Or, this is what I'll do. I'll encode my field and then I'll blast it onto my social media. Mm-hmm. And for a while, the belief I was working with was my energy can be blasted through so strongly here that I don't even need to post or, or write or show up all the time because people just need to get on the page and they'll feel me. Yeah. So it's like it, social media can be really fun. It can be like a quantum experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to be okay with, again, it's like, Your being and your frequency is the spell. So if you are posting something purely because you feel like you need to to get clients or you need to to be seen because that helps you feel worthy, you're casting a really distorted spell on yourself and on your page. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense
0: because when I saw your Instagram page and your uh, website, I I felt Wow. like I felt your energy was just like all imbooted there and like it's not something that like, you're on very often and I just like was like how yeah. is this how is she doing this <laughs> but now yeah. now it makes sense you're you're just cast at a spell
1: yeah uh, and I don't I think the the whole consistency thing is such a lie like I don't buy into that at all
0: <laughs> no I, I cannot be consistent and to ask that of myself is just like it makes me feel very contracted
1: yep yep
0: So what's, what's like one spell that we could use for our social media to kind of be more, to to be a reflection of the frequency we're embodying, like a one Um, we can kind of
1: playing with? Yeah. So the, the first is that as you work with connecting to your channel, whether that's through a writing practice or through meditation or whatever, you're going to get the downloads that you're meant to be offering to the collective that's going to happen. Like I see it with everyone that is going to happen. Or you're going to get that hit of like, you should write about this. It might not be at all pours in. It might be write about this topic. Um, if that's already happening, then you're already bringing through like very clear transmissions from there. I, I have been doing this since the beginning of my business. And I recently saw someone talk about it and I was like, Oh my gosh, other people do this where you can like write out the post And then I'll do things sometimes before I pose where I'll like, I'll like breathe into the post or I'll say a prayer or I'll like sit there and imagine all of my energy filling up the post so that when it goes out, it's like, or I'll imagine it as a golden bomb and I like drop it and then it like ripples out and like starts impacting like all these different layers of people. But ultimately the, the key piece there is that you are the sharing and the transmissions and whatever is coming through is just a natural extension. It's like an organic extension of what wants to be speaking through you and with you versus, and it's, this is difficult because Oftentimes to get into that rhythm, it means pulling back and turning down the noise and perhaps not receiving anything for a little bit of time. Yeah. And then you're up against a wall of like, wait, I haven't posted in a week. Like, are people going to forget about me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So th- it's like, you really go through this process again of learning to trust your channel and learning to trust your being and knowing that whatever is meant to work through you is going to come. And, and also keeping in mind it, it looks different for everyone. I have friends who write every morning. They channel every morning. They are constantly putting out content. I have other friends who are more similar to me who get these downloads. We don't know when it's going to happen, but when it does, it's like, oh yeah, this needs to go out. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's gaps and, and that's okay. I know other people who will create prompts for themselves or like work with prompts. And as they're answering the prompts, they'll start getting like really good downloads for content. Mm-hmm. So it's not a one size fits all. It's just, again, we can all feel the difference between something that came through someone's channel in a pure way and something somebody just regurgitated.
0: Right. Yeah. Totally yeah. Right with you there. With me, it's it's impulses. I get these strong urges. Yeah. And then I honor that. Otherwise, because sometimes i will be like, oh, I haven't done it in a long time. And I like will want to make a post because I'm supposed to make a post, right? And yeah. I'm like, nope, can't do it. Walk away yeah so sometimes it'll take me weeks sometimes it'll take me a whole month sometimes it's like every week I'm on like every day for a couple weeks I'm on it it just it it really varies a lot and just learning to work with that
1: yeah and surrender (laughs)
0: um yeah I guess this has been such an enriching this conversation has been like medicine for me I'm yay thank you I'm so grateful for everything that you shared it was so on point it was so clear it was it was it was exactly what I needed to hear. Um, so hopefully everybody listening is exactly what you need to hear as well. Um, where can people find you on the internet? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, so I'm going to give you these links and it's, my website is just www.pilarlesko.com, P-I-L-A-R-L-E-S-K-O, Instagram at Pilar Um, my most favorite place to hang out online is my email list. So y- you can join that on my website. And I think I have a link on my Instagram too, but I don't know. I just really love it there. And it feels like a place where my expression is almost like widened. Um, but that is, that is always where I want people to hang out with me. the most, yes. <laughs> Cause it's, um, I, I have learned to really enjoy Instagram, but it's also very like burst and choppy. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you saw from my articles, I'm a big fan of long form writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so my email list is where I'm usually sharing that stuff. Um, but all of the places are good. <laughs> okay,
0: sounds good. And then my final question before you go is what's one piece of wisdom that you have learned that has impacted you in your life
1: the most? Ooh. So a big one that's actually top of mind because I've been sort of bringing it through into projector magic is the, the quote that those who have the privilege to know have the duty to teach, I think, or it's like those who have the privilege to know, have the duty to share or those who have the privilege. And I think wisdom might be in there. It's something along those lines and it's, it's, I mean, it stayed with me all this time, but it was a really big one in the beginning of my business because I had like massive amounts of wisdom that I was just hoarding. And I still, I still find myself doing that where I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to share this or like, yeah. and, and I noticed a lot of the projectors in projector magic feel the same way. They know a lot yet they haven't fully like anchored into that there is a duty in that knowing yeah. um, that, that is so beyond our small selves. Um, Yeah. I feel that way a lot
0: actually, because there's so much wisdom and sometimes I don't know how to express it all.
1: Yes. And it, it doesn't mean like you have to share everything right now, but just knowing that like, I, I've heard people describe it before is like, that was given to us not to be hoarded, but to be circulated. Mm. It's, it's why you see so many wise people who are so passionate about just teaching, teaching, teaching. It's, it's the same, it's the same thing with money. It's the same thing with energy. We can't hold on to all of it. Like we need to get into this reciprocal symbiotic relationship with our wisdom and our, Mm. and what we channel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: that makes a lot of sense
0: thank you for sharing that
1: this You're conversation
0: welcome. like as I was medicine I'm so grateful to have spoken to you and thank you so much for being here
1: thank you so much for having me